Hello and welcome to Core Women. My name is Dr. Summer Watson and I'm the founder of Core Women and I'm also an empowerment strategist for women. So if you're listening to this podcast to delve more into empowerment strategies, well, you're here for the right reason. However, Core Women was also developed because it's a special place that provides a unique idea of home for the hearts and souls of women. It's a place for us to share our strength, energy, wisdom, and authenticity. It's a place for women to find support and strategic empowerment ideas that will help support their lives. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Cindy Colby. She is the author of Struggling with Serendipity, which is a memoir. She is a lifelong disability advocate, a peer mentor, guest blogger, and a mom on a mission who wants to share the power of hope and connection. Let's get right into talking about your journey, Cindy, and welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being on the Core Women Podcast. Cindy, let's talk about your journey and your memoir, Struggling with Serendipity. So how did this all mm-hmm. come about? Um, you, I know you have a story to tell, so let's get right into this. Sure. Well, I lived in a small town in Ohio uh, with my husband and three kids. And we had what I guess I would call an ordinary life, a good life, <laughs> but an ordinary one. Until uh, one night, I fell asleep at the wheel coming back from my son's college concert. He was at Ohio State, and we were up in Northwest Ohio. It was late at night. It was dark. I was tired. And I had never been that tired before um, uh, when I was driving. Long story short, I I fell asleep at the wheels uh, and caused an accident. My daughters were in the car. My youngest in the front passenger seat sustained uh, a spinal cord injury. Her spinal cord was actually cut at a spot in her neck, and her neck was broken. Um, And that was a defining moment, not only for her, obviously, uh, because uh, the injury resulted in quadriplegia and uh, that she still has. Um, years later, but also um, it really was um, truly a defining moment for our whole family, and even I think some of her friends and other family members would say <laughs> for them as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So, okay, so you fell asleep at the wheel, you know, this this tragedy occurred, and yet it has evolved. Your life has continued, you know, your daughter's story right. has continued, and I'm sure that with this tragedy, um, you've worked through many challenging days. And with, I would say you probably had some days or some moments of depression. Is that correct? Sure. Yes, it is. And I actually had been diagnosed with depression years before the accident, but I was in denial about it. And I I didn't understand it. Uh, I thought it made me... Uh, well, I thought it made me weak or uh, um, ungrateful. You know, it, it just, I didn't understand what depression was. Right. And so it was a really a process for me. It definitely intensified after the accident, thrown in with guilt and just the challenge of trauma and being a 24-7 caregiver. Uh, right. I, I think... Um, One thing I do want to mention about depression is because I didn't understand it and I felt kind of ashamed of it, I I wasn't sharing it. 
I didn't, my love, I, you know, people I loved, um, I was hiding uh, uh, most of that from them. And I, one thing that I hope my story, uh, if there's any takeaway, I really hope something that people are hearing is ask for help. If you need it, ask. Right. Uh, and if you don't, if you don't understand, if you're, you know, um, feeling guilty about depression or whatever, uh, if you're feeling negative feelings uh, and not sharing it, um, learn more about it, uh, talk to people, get help. Um, I, if, I wish I had done that uh, so much earlier than I did. It ended up um, uh, quite a long time after the accident before I started counseling and even years after that before I really was sharing with my family. Wow. And I'm sure that it would have been a much easier uh, healing process, recovery time, you know, if I, my family was always my support, but I mean, if they had known how difficult a time I was having, they, I'm sure they would have um, helped me more, you know, and as I say this, I'm very aware that, and I was very aware at the time. Now, my daughter was the one with a severe injury. I mean, a life-changing severe injury, going from being an independent volleyball player at 14 years old to suddenly uh, not being able to do anything for yourself right. and losing all your independence. So I, I, you know, I'm always careful to say when I'm talking about this, I mean, I was very aware at the time after the accident that, you know, she was the one with the, uh, huge life challenge but but i but at the same time i don't want to minimize that depression is a huge life challenge too Absolutely. and um, sometimes we need help and we need to um, acknowledge that and get the help we need well, absolutely, Cindy. You know, um, I'm so glad that you're talking about this and talking about the issue of depression because there's such a stigma on mental health still. And right. Being someone who has worked in the clinical field as a clinician, having a PhD in psychology, I talk to people all the time about, I'm afraid, I don't know how to bring this up. I don't even know where to go. I don't have any resources. So absolutely, you're not alone. You weren't alone in mm -hmm. feeling that way. I talk to veterans all the time, you know, running a nonprofit for veterans where they don't want to come out about their mental health and their depression because this will impact their life. This will impact potentially their job. So it's not just right. a stigma, but one thing leads to another, leads to another. So it's mm -hmm. putting the pieces together, but knowing that you're not alone that there is help and to ask for help. If you don't know how to ask for help, at least start talking about how you're feeling. So, and it's really interesting and my next question was going to be, but you kind of answered this already. When did you find support and how did you reach out for that mm -hmm. mental health support? And it doesn't sound like it was right away, which- No, it wasn't. It's shocking. Uh, and you know? Yes, I know. Well, I remember one day when, uh, Beth moved from intensive care to rehab. And there was one day I just um, was completely losing it. And I couldn't, I, you know, I tried so hard not to cry in front of her. And it was, you know, there was a day when I just knew that, you know, I, I couldn't um, keep up a brave face anymore at all. And um, I did talk to a psychologist at the rehab. Well, I told the nurse, I said, I, I, is there somebody I could talk to? I just, 
you know, I'm going to lose it and I don't, I need, you know, and it was so important to me not to be there. I needed to be there for Beth. You know, right. I needed to be there for my daughter and I needed to be able to function. And I was really, I was kind of afraid. It's like, I couldn't, I was feeling like I was getting to the point where I wasn't going to be able to function. So I talked to the psychologist. Unfortunately, um, it was like, uh, she was in between appointments. It was like a 20 minute thing where I, I got so upset and then I had trouble getting control again. And, you know, in my depressed mind, you know, depression lies is, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, this, of course, as a a psychiatrist or a a PhD, right? Psychology. Um, But, uh, you know, depression lies to us. So, um, so my, my takeaway from that initial, like, 20 minute talk counseling session was don't talk about it because you get to a point where, you know, you, I felt like I wasn't going to be able to get back in control. Right. Um, so it was a, it was a really hard place to be, you know, uh, just like a hourly, you know, uh, struggle with that. Um, and, and at the same time, I'm watching my daughter struggle. I mean, I am so grateful that somehow, and we still don't know, and she doesn't know either, but somehow from the very beginning, and the night of the accident, she was able, she really believed, she's telling me, mom, it's going to be okay. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> right. No, it's not. And, uh, but she just believed that in her core. And, and so that carried her so um, in a positive way forward. And I depended on her. I mean, she was my strength. Uh, and she was able to look forward and say, okay, I got to get more independent. What do I need to do? Focus on the future. And um, so she led the way for me. And I'm so grateful for that because if she had not been able to, which would be very understandable, you know, I'm not sure I could have kept it together. Right. Well, you know, it's, the both of you that have amazing strength and Beth does, she's doing amazing things out there in the world. So let's talk a little bit about how you were a caretaker for some years and then how Mm -hmm. she's worked on herself and what she has done. And you also have two other children as well. Yes. (laughs) Right. You know, one that was somewhere else, I guess, you know, or. Yeah. One one was in college and one was still at home. Then my older daughter, trying to think where to start. So much has started happening. Okay, so this you have this teenage girl who is just determined not to let anything hold her back. She had such a great attitude. She never thought it would even from even in the beginning when she could hardly do anything for herself. Uh, she never thought it was really going to change, you know, whatever she wanted to do with a career and a family and, you know, getting married and kids and the whole thing. I mean, she just had this amazing attitude, which is wonderful. Uh, So she worked really hard for four years with the goal of being independent. She wanted to be independent in college. Well, when when that time came, she really wasn't completely independent yet. So no one in our family had gone to college out of state, let alone Ivy League. Well, she gets into Harvard. <laughs> and so I ended up moving to Cambridge. I, I ended up moving to Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, off campus. 
uh, for transition support her freshman year. And then after that, she didn't, didn't need me there. And she ended up being the first on the Harvard women's swimming and diving team uh, with a, a visible disability. Um, oh. She became a competitive swimmer, which was a really a, so, such an interesting process to watch, a long process through high school, learning to swim. Right. And, um, and then she swam for five years on the U.S. Paralympic National Swim Team and traveled the world. It was incredible. Uh, so all, many other, uh, just we call them, I call them serendipity things. It seems like sometimes, uh, sometimes things seem to fall in her lap. And then, but then at the same time, she was so open to opportunity and to possibilities. Just so, so positive about how she approached things that I think that also helped all that serendipity, you know, to come her way. Uh, she's a lawyer now. She's, uh, she just got married in May, a beautiful big wedding in DC. It was just such a glorious day. And uh, we're both very fortunate to be in such good places now. What an amazing journey. And to see, I'm sure, for yourself as well as for your daughter, as well as for your family, the mm -hmm. transition you all went through and the journey that you came through together and where Beth is right. now. And, and let me take a couple steps back because we've talked about you and how you felt prior to the accident, your mental health during the accident and after the accident, which are all very, very important points in your process. Let's talk about right. your husband. Let's talk about your other two children. How did this impact right. them? How, um, with you being gone mm -hmm. for a year, how did this impact your marriage? Right, right. Uh, I, I feel like... Um the luckiest person in some ways, even though we've had these um, uh, uh, you know, tragedy, trauma, you know, in our lives, but now, and even through it, so I, I've been so grateful. Um, my husband, John, uh, we've been married 42 years. I mean, he just is a solid guy, such a solid guy, and, and I, you know, love him so much, and, you know, he just was always there, you know, he had, he had his own way of dealing with it all, um, not as, uh, not as overt, overtly, I guess, as, um, others, but, um, but right. I mean, he just was always there. It saddened him, you know, when I started sharing, uh, some of my, uh, experiences, uh, that he wasn't aware of, you know, for example, that year that I was at, um, that transition year, which was hard, it was hard for him and and my daughter, who other daughter was at home, and then, um, yeah, being separated for a year. Uh, and it, at the end of that year, um, I actually had a, a breakdown. And um, I should have gone to the hospital. I, I, I knew that even at the time. But I thought if that was something that I couldn't hide from my family, you know, my depression was clouding my judgment, too. But I didn't want to burden them with um, what I was going through. So it was just uh, um, things that he just felt bad about. But I've, I've, I've 
we've had a lot of good talks and you know, I just explained that it just was something I couldn't share at that time. Right. And um, I, I knew he was there. I, you know, I knew he was, would be supportive. Um, and right. So it's uh, just been kind of a process of sharing some of that. And also as I've gotten um, more treatment and uh, understanding of depression and learning to live well with it, Right. Um, which I didn't think I could do after the accident. You know, it was really a, kind of a hopeless time. You know, right. you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel. You right. think it's always going to be like that. Yeah. I'm a peer mentor now for other moms of kids with spinal cord injuries. And um, that's the toughest thing. You know, I, 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 well, the first thing I always do is encourage them to get counseling and, you know, seek professional help. But um just that being in a place where you don't think you're going to get, or you don't think things are going to get better. That's mm -hmm. a really hard place. Absolutely. I mean, it's probably a very dark place and that you got help and that you went through this journey and that you're still working on yourself is so important. And I'm right. sure that writing this book and getting it out there and telling mm -hmm. people about your experience is also very healing. Yes. It, well, it was a difficult thing, too. Yeah, right. it took me eight years to write this book, Struggling with Serendipity. Um, and it was it's kind of the perfect title because, you know, while good things started happening for Beth, I could see that, I could appreciate those things, but I was still struggling. And Right. Um, Right. So, and even writing the book, you know, reliving some things and um, trying to be honest, you know, I, uh, being honest about my feelings through that whole time. Um, and also the good, you know, there's also a lot of good things and um, things I'm grateful for. But yes, it was definitely was a challenge to write that book. I'm sure, but I'm also sure that being able to put it down into words that you did almost feel like because you you were doing it almost like re-traumatized in a sense, you know, because right. Yeah. It's like staring that back, you know, at that situation again and again, and you're reliving it. But at, at the same time, hopefully it was also a healing process to a certain degree as well. The whole book for me, it's kind of a, a symbol of hope. <laughs> It's uh, and I, I hope I'd like to think that it may offer hope for readers to um, you know things can get better and life is good. Right. <laughs> well, and this is a thing, you know. As I said in my intro, you know, it's your opportunity to share hope and connection, and right. this book is going to resonate with people. I mean, I already have some folks in mind that I want to tell about your book because they've been through mm -hmm. their own situations that are very traumatic, which cause guilt, frustration, depression, mm -hmm. struggles, family dynamics change because of the situation. Right. And, and maybe some people didn't have as great of a support system as you did, yet you were right. still struggling and figuring out how am I going to deal with my own feelings and my own depression and 
learn to work through this, you know, while my daughter mm -hmm. is working through her, her journey and yet doing fantastic, which is, which is amazing and great and, and something to be grateful for. But at the same time, right. you have to work through your stuff as well. So yeah. let me ask you something. Are you on a book mm -hmm. tour? If so, where have you been and what are your next stops? Yes, that's been uh, surprising to me. <laughs> Amazing, uh, uh, exciting. I've been um, a lot of places. Okay. Since April, uh, uh, Ohio, uh, West Virginia, Maryland, um, Boston, Chicago. I'm headed out west in October. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm speaking at three abilities expos for, at workshops. Um, and yeah, I was excited that that worked out. Also, my all-time favorite bookstore, I mean, like the ultimate that I, I first of all, I wasn't ever, I, I've always been interested in writing, but I never was really sure that I would, you know, write a book or ever have the opportunity to do a book signing anywhere. Well, but I always, my favorite bookstore is the Harvard Poop Bookstore in Harvard Square. Amazing place. I just love it. This the whole feel of it. It's real historical building, you know, this winding staircase. And last September, I was able to have a book signing there with the Harvard doctor who wrote the foreword for my book. Oh, so that was even better. You know, it was like we just had a blast. And the bookstore manager there was wonderful, and it it just um, was so nice to be able to share a positive message and uh, you know it seems to be reson you know resonating with people and it was uh just a wonderful experience um but i've had yeah um, many book signings and uh more coming up that is fantastic. and that's yeah that's on my website too I, i'd love yeah if any listeners are where i'll be traveling uh yeah, I'd love to. I love to talk to people. Everybody's got a story, and, and everybody's got an amazing story. Absolutely. And it's, um, I love the connection. Well, I'll make sure to direct people to your site at the end of our interview. So, is your book being sold online? Yes, it's it's available everywhere books are sold. I w I was pleased. I um, it's not self published. So, right. It's available everywhere. <laughs> and okay. I also am selling signed copies on my website. Okay. Is it also an audio book? Not yet. Yeah, I'd love to do that. I think that'll, oh, and one exciting uh, thing coming up, um, your listeners maybe can keep an eye out for, uh, Netflix producer is meeting with Beth and I. The producer's flying into D.C. to meet with us this fall. And she wants to option it for a movie. Fantastic. So uh, it's not a, a done deal, but it's kind of exciting that, you know, the story and the message may get a wider audience. Absolutely. That is exciting. That is very exciting because the more your story gets out from, you know, about the whole situation and how you're feeling and, you know, that night and then post that night and your family. I mean, there's so many dynamics here in relation to mm -hmm. what can be discussed, what 
you know, how people can grow, what will resonate with somebody. So yeah, the whole story would be great to capture on film. So mm -hmm. my last question for you is, what words of wisdom can you leave the listeners with today? I think the biggest one is one that I've, I've touched on already is uh, ask for help when you need it. You know, we tell ourselves we don't want to burden someone we love or that maybe, maybe we feel bad about ourselves and we think we might be weak or something, but that's not it. You know, um, we have to remember that our, with mental health things, when we're struggling, we're not thinking clearly. <laughs> and when you need help, ask for it. And if you don't get the help you need when you ask, keep asking or keep looking, or, you know, um, get a new counselor, whatever, you know, do what you need to do. Um, because I've seen people sometimes just, so maybe they'll go to a counselor and maybe that doesn't work for them for some reason. And it's like they give up and you, you can't do that. I mean, you get, if it's not, counseling is just one aspect, but I think it's an important one. Um, you know, keep trying. Absolutely. And that, yeah, that's the biggest thing I could think of. I think the book, I hope the book also, um, I think has the potential to encourage readers to see more possibilities. That's kind of a gift that my daughter Beth has. And it, you know, I, I, I want to be like her when I grow up, you know, <laughs> I want to have that. Uh, I want to have, I, I'd love to have her a way of looking at the world. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of refreshing to, uh, to read the book and see how someone can look at a situation and just see possibilities. Um, so I think that that can be uh, um, helpful for some people too. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you, Cindy, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you, Summer. It, it, I've, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. If you'd like to know more about Cindy Colby, please follow her on Facebook at Cindy. Barnes Colby on Instagram at Cindy B. Colby on Twitter at Cindy Colby and at www.strugglingwithserendipity.com. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at corewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together. Mm -hmm.